the year Universal Century 0092. Neo's young, led by a familiar face, sends a group of special forces to Earth, led by Frederick Broad, on a vital mission. The Dogs of War manga was penned by none other than mangaka Kondo Kazuhisa and was published in 1988. This will be the basis of season 4 for the Gundam Book Club. Spoiler alert, as always. It features events between Double Zeta Gundam and Shars Karatak, so if you haven't seen these shows yet, then please be warned. It has been more than 10 years since the Battle of Abawaku. One important piece of data was analyzed from a hack of a former Xeon central computer at the abandoned lunar base of Granada. Several nuclear warheads were buried in a mining base controlled by Maku base several miles underground on Earth. The Neo-Zeon army sent a special mobile suit team to the mine site under the jurisdiction of the Earth Federation to obtain the missiles before the Federation can discover them first. Winter of Universal Century, 0092. Chapter 5 Kozan Mine We resume the action with the heavy Federation transports now airborne. As we zoom in, the commander of the lead transport was issuing commands to the air wing. He got on the comms and said, The famous rats of Zion are one of the mining bases in this area. Break the formation of target and start searching the enemy. As soon as you find the enemy, contact us. Call signs Whiskey. Go, go. Way off in the distance, a Neo-Zeon officer was looking through some binoculars and comparing what he saw to a map. There is no doubt that it's in this direction. Takin sent an encrypted message to U-57. Tell them the eagle has landed. Takin and his Garadoga stood beside him and said, Roger. That officer, of course, was Braun. He turned back towards his mobile suit and ordered all units to move out. He got back into his modified Garadoga cockpit and powdered up. He then issued an order saying, let's go. It's not much further ahead. Meanwhile, the lead Federation transport continues patrol. A lone crew member spotted something on a sensor. Hmm? He then got on the comms and said, just picked up a Xeon encrypted message. The captain answered and asked him, where's the signal coming from? The direction of this unit is 200 kilometers west of our present location. The commander ordered the pilot to turn 45 degrees and prepare for combat. Back in the ocean, a mad angler sub was cruising. We got a message from Running Fox. Start the recon plane immediately. Deck workers, let's go. A Lagoon recon craft had emerged via a lift. A deck officer prepared the Lagoon for takeoff. As a vertical takeoff and landing craft like a Harrier jet from the 20th century, the airplane launched from the sub and flew away. Back on board the Federation transport, a spotter was looking at a scope and noted a silhouette of a mobile suit. Captain, I spotted the enemy at 2 o'clock. Contact Goliath 2. Yes, sir. He then ordered, Lower altitude. Attack units, prepare to launch. Yes, sir. The Special Ops Garadoga team continued their approach when the Federation transport appeared overhead. Suddenly, a 
squad of Gundam Mark III's dropped rapidly to the ground from the transport. The phalanx of the advanced Molesuits landed on the ground and approached the Spec Ox team. One of the Garadovas raids his rifle with a grenade launcher over fire. A massive explosion shook the ground where the Gundam Mark III squad stood standing damaging two of the four units. One of the Mark III's then turned and engaged with the Garadogan and had its left arm destroyed by a ranged attack. Braun, in the meantime, said, It's not good to be stuck in a place like this. Let's get out of here quickly and shake off the enemy. While well, one of the Mark III's was engaged with the damaged Garadoga, one of the squad mates flanked him from the right and threw a grenade. The Mark III was caught napping and was engulfed in a massive explosion all around it. Look at it! The Garadoga team looked and saw the massive fireball that emanated from behind them. They moved on away from the explosion and resumed their course. A Mark III pilot got on the comms and said, because the explosion was too bright, he could not see anything. He then went to disappear. He then wondered, rather, where they disappeared off to. A nearby Jagon wild, wildly opened fire, hoping to hit the fleeing enemy. The nearby Mark III ordered the Jagon to stop firing blindly or else someone else might be subject to friendly fire. Meanwhile, on board the heavy air transport, an operator reported to the captain that the initial drop team lost sight of the enemy because of a smoke screen. The captain naturally asked whether they could spot the enemy position. I don't know the exact position due to the rapid increase in monoxide particles in the area, but maybe 30 kilometers west of here. Okay, bringing the altitude down to 1500 meters, switch to visual guidance and direct the attack route. One hour to target area at a velocity of 800. Captain, we're getting a laser communication from battalion headquarters. What on earth do they want now? Let me see it. The reception's not very good, but I will. On the screen nearby, the outline of a Federation officer appeared on the screen and said, Captain Mira. The captain addressed the senior officer, Colonel Madrade. Captain, there was an emergency call from high command. According to information obtained by the intelligence department, data from the former Xeon Central computer was analyzed. The captain appeared to be confused. Apparently, they had un unused Xeon nuclear weapons during the Battle of Odessa during the One Year War. It's buried a few miles underground from the former Kuwait mine base. To make matters worse, Xeon already has information. It appears the group you were you guys are chasing have land on Earth to seize it. What did you say? Mira was dumbfounded. Captain Mira, under no circumstances would you let them approach the base, the colonel ordered. Roger that. Contact Unit 2 and change course and head to Mukube's former mine base site. Muir ordered. An officer in the craft informed that Unit 3 made contact to try to stall them. Large transport changes course again. Meanwhile, a persistent Mark III and Gaten remain engaged with the Garadoga. My god, this guy's annoying. The Garadoga pilot said as they exchanged fire with each other. As the Mark III and Jagan's advanced to the Garadoga team, Damaged one-armed Garadoga unit turned around and aimed a Sturmfaust RPG. He fired the unguided rocket, and a massive explosion surrounded the Federation team and engulfed them. The Federation Supreme uh, Suppression Team was heavily damaged. The transport flew towards the explosions on the ground. As the transport approached, 
and proceeded to drop multiple unguided bombs on the Garudoga team on the ground. Large fireballs surrounded the Neozon Special Ops team. Deep in the bowels of the Federation transport, the crew of the G Commander was boarding the massive mobile suit. They were being briefed. Captain Muro himself boarded the mobile suit and ordered the G Commander to be dropped between the mine and the enemy forces. He also ordered other drop units to be on standby. Unit 3, this glides too. Set course prepared to attack. Lower the drop craft to support the G Commander. The Special Ops team continued their intense firefight with the Federation drop team. When all of a sudden, that team of Federation forces pulled back. One of the Garadoga units noted the withdrawal. Brown and his lead Doga noted this change and said he did not know why, but figured might as well continue on to their planned destination. At this time, at this at this moment, that a Federation transport came into view again and approached the special ops team and landed on the ground. The rear ground door opened up and the massive G Commander emerged out suddenly. Parachutes deployed and helped to slow down the G Commander to slow down to a stop on the ground. Muir looked at the tactical display and said, I won't let you go any further. He then opened and fired. Massive energy blasts were aimed at the special ops team from the G Commander. Captain Braun ordered his units to spread out. He then ordered his team to split into two and to return fire to the Federation mobile suit. The G Commander was suddenly surrounded by the special ops team from both sides. They continued trading fire with each other. It was at this moment that Maurer's unit was struck by fire and exploded. Mesh got on the comms frantically and was stunned that Maurer had died. Brown had ordered him to calm down. He then realized out loud, with a heavily equipped mobile suit like this, they were at an extreme disadvantage. Braun ordered Takin to follow him and distract the G Commander, while Paolo, Cross, and Mesh were ordered to head to their target. He then gave a one-hour time to complete their task. Braun then ordered Takin to approach and again to the pin to move. They continued to exchange fire with the G Commander, despite being outgunned. The two Garadogas were starting to inflict damage on the enemy mobile suit. So for this episode's uh, analysis or deep dive, I just figured we'll just bring it back a little bit. As a minor aside, just as in Gundam Sentinel, which we covered in Season 1, there is yet another reference to the Apollo mission featured in this chapter. Braun said that the Eagle had landed. Just as a reminder, when the Apollo 11 uh, lunar module landed on the surface of the moon on July 20th, 1969, Commander Neil Armstrong indicated the arrival of a successful, rather successful touchdown. Houston, tranquility base here. The Eagles landed. Now, in the Gundam universe, as you may recall, tranquility base would become the eventual location of Von Braun City. So, this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the Gundam Mark III, which was introduced. It only seems right to talk about this at this time. Codename MSF-007. The Gundam Mark III was introduced as part of the Zeta Mobile Suit Variation Series. The mecha designer was Fujita Kazumi-san. He is best known for his work designing Zeta Gundam, the Hyakushiki, and the Psycho Gundam. He also worked on Double Zeta Gundam, Macross 2, MD Geist, yeah, that god-awful show and other shows as well as with so many units from this era it was made by the zaibatsu 
sorry, I mean the Megacorp Corporation Anaheim Electronics. It was first seen in Universal Century 0087. It was developed from the venerable Gund Gundam Mark II and would be the basis for the Mark IV and Mark V, as in the Mark V featured in Gundam Sentinel. If you haven't listened to the first season of this podcast, I covered the Gundam uh, Sentinel Interaction IP and all the Katoki suits, including the beautiful Mark V. In terms of Gunpla, Bandai released this crit twice. The first iteration was in the 1-100 scale, known as the Reborn or RE-100. I bought one of these a few years back. I can post some pictures of my builds on social media. Not to get too much in the weeds and make this into a Gunpla um, podcast, but Bandai makes mostly hits for Gundam in the 1-144th, 1-100, 172nd, and 160th scale. I know there are other older kits, including some that are made in the 1-550 scale for some mobile armors and also 1-220 scale. The 1-144th scale are primarily high grades and real grades. The 1-100 kits are either Reborn, for, uh, rather RE-100 for short, or the Reborn 100 Master Grades. The Reborn kits were first introduced in 2014. The second iteration of this kit was a premium Bandai release in 2021 of a high-grade version. I also purchased a version of the high-grade and debating whether to make it like a Unit 8. I'll talk about that in a second. In terms of appearance, it has a head design like the Zeta Gundam. The body is more slender, appearing version of the Mark II, with the addition of Winged Miner's similar concepts to the Yakushiki. In terms of overall height, it has a height of 22 meters, head, head height of 19.5 meters, maximum weight of 48.2 metric tons, a dry weight of 32.1 metric tons, power output of 2,022 kilowatts, a sensor range of 11,500 meters, maximum acceleration of 1.82 Gs, and it has uh, one rocket thruster for 68,500 kilograms of thrust, and two additional smaller units that have a, a combined, rather each independent individual unit produces 19,500 kilograms of thrust each. It has a pair of beam cannons mounted on the backpack, which can rotate forward. These also can function as beam same or similar design or concepts as the uh, S Gundam. It also has a beam rifle that has EPACs that are compatible with the Yakushiki and the Gundam Mark II. It also has a long the shield, which also has two beam sabers mounted at the bottom for close quarter combat. There is also a full armor variant. According to the information I found on the internet, the Mark III took its inspiration from the Mark II. Incorporate wing binders that you could be seen that could be seen on various units such as Yakushiki and descendants like the Delta Plus. It featured an enhanced and more elegant version rather of the movable frame using the Gundam Mark II. Several units will be produced. It is also possible to add anti-beam coating. One such unit was Unit 8, which had a bright red color. I wonder who it was meant for. Apparently, after Shars, I mean, Bajina's speech uh, to the Federation Assembly in Dakar in Zeta Gundam, it was anticipated that the gun, the, rather the Titans, would strike back. Unit 8 was uh, tasked and supposed to be sent to Quattro but the transfer team that was meant to deliver it came under fire by Axis units. The unit survived was heavily damaged and has to be brought back to Granada and would never be used by Shar and Zeta Gundam as a result. As always, there are references for all this in the show.
Next chapter. Chapter six. Kessen. Decisive battle. So we finally reached the last chapter of this manga. Finally, the dogs of war were split into two groups. Will the Neo Zeon Special Ops team be able to complete their mission and able to retrieve the nuclear warheads? Or will the Federation forces in the G Commander be successful in hunting them down? Check the next episode to find out. Please be sure to check out the Twitter page at Gundam Sentinel 2, Instagram at Gundam Sentinel Podcast, or Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Gundam Sentinel Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate and give a review whatever means you like to means you listen to this podcast. And tell your gun and love you to talk to a friend to check it out. Until next time. <laughs>